This podcast is brought to you by rice. Just good old plain rice. And don't worry, this is surprisingly a bit more relevant than the fact that the show is hosted by two Asian people. And with that, I'd like to welcome you all back to Unvalidated, where two masters of none and subject matter experts about nothing decided to record conversations about anything. My name is Paul, and as always, I am joined by my better half of this podcast duo, Jimmy. Hello there, Jimothy. How are you? And why does it feel like our podcast has reached some sort of all-time high today? Um, I'm good. It's reached a different level because we have a fun guest today. My friend Gabby is on the... Did we say on the line? We're not on the line anymore, right? Uh, way to butcher it, but, but yes. <laughs> Hi, Gabby. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> I, I I understood what you meant by on the line. Yeah, but I don't know like if people still know what on the line means. Yeah, I guess it's applicable since we are online. We're right online, now. but we're not on the phone line. Yeah. Yes. I, we get the spirit. Yeah. The internet used to be connected to the phone line, but we're past that now. Anyways. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Going back to uh, Gabby, I'd even go as far as to say as we managed to trick our first celebrity into joining our mom and pop podcast. <laughs> so. Oh, really? When are they joining? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Who's you're a celebrity line? to me. You're a celebrity <laughs> to me, Gabby. <laughs> Anyways, Thank hi Gabby. You. I'm a I'm a huge fan, which I believe were the very first words I ever said to you uh, <laughs> before I the three of us hung Paul. out in Toronto. <laughs> yeah, I well I don't remember you saying that, but <laughs> it's it's on WhatsApp it's good to and talk to you again. and Gino oh. found it so funny too. True. <laughs> I'm like hi Gabby. I'm, oh, I'm a huge over text. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks so much for joining us, um, Gabby. Would you like to do the honors in doing a quick intro about yourself and how you ended up being on a DVD cover of an Emmy-winning TV show? <laughs> yes, uh, always the normal way that I introduce myself. I'm, that exactly. Um, hi, I'm Gabby Pascuzzi. I know Jimmy from high school, from our high school days in Manila, at yeah. high school there. And it's now, been over a decade now. Yeah, that's when they say that you know you'll be friends with someone is when you've been friends for over a decade <laughs> or like when you'll be stuck with them or whatever. <laughs> so I've been stuck with Jimmy since like 2009. Oh, wow. Because <laughs> um, I moved there as a sophomore in high school. Yeah. Well, anyway, I'm starting really far back with my life <laughs> But that's how we know each other. Um, and now I live in Buffalo, New York, and I'm a PhD student here. I study social psychology. I'm in my second year. And for anyone curious like me as to who the celebrity is i guess <laughs> i guess maybe paul's referring to the time that i went on survivor on season 37 david versus goliath in mm -hmm. 2018 and that was just a crazy thing i decided to do and it was like one of the best experiences ever and honestly probably contributed towards me wanting to change my career basically and study social psychology because I was so interested in the relationships in the game and the kind of social dynamics of the game and the television show and everything. Wow. That is awesome. And Jimmy clearly knows cooler people than I do. So I'll always rely on him to invite his cool friends on the show. <laughs> 
He pays but us really well. I was told yeah. in high school that my aunt paid all of them to be my friends. Oh, I, oh, I didn't know that I was triggering some like old trauma. Um, sorry, Jimmy. I'll keep it more under the table next time. Yeah, that was supposed to be a you, secret. Yeah, you were paid under the table. Yeah. Yeah. Under, on on the line, Under the table. <laughs> Yeah, I need to ask for a raise, actually. I hang with Jimmy too much. But anyways, before we do get into the juicy bits, we do have a little segment that we'd like to do at the very beginning of each episode. Uh, Jimmy, I'm assuming you did not give Gabby a heads up about this? No. I know Wonderful. nothing. Yes, I figured. That's always what Jimmy does. Every guest that's been on our podcast have, has known nothing, so I feel like it's only fair. Yeah, I always know the answer to that question too. I just like to, you know, remind the audience uh, and all that. But anyways, Jim, Jimmy, <laughs> would you like prepared. to <laughs> all the time? Jimmy, would you like to enlighten Gabby on how this segment works and what it's called? Yeah, so this segment is called a witty wifeful. I think that's how you pronounce it. It changes uh, every time. Yeah, <laughs> it is short for "I was today years old when I learned." <laughs> it's gonna be a thing. Um, I was today years old when I learned. Yes. Yes. So basically, how did you pronounce it again? Iwitiwayful. <laughs> it changed again the second time. Iwitiwayful. 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 Yes. Okay. We'll spend the next thirty minutes just trying to pronounce it. But yeah. anyways, <laughs> what is this segment about, Jimmy? Um, basically, it's just a random fact that you learned today. It has to be today. Oh my god, what if I didn't learn anything today? So see, I thought that was never going to be a problem because you're supposed to learn everything every day. But then in our last episode, oh, last two episodes, yeah, I actually had nothing and I really had to think really hard. And then I realized that, oh my god, there could be a day when you learn nothing. Yes. I, I swear <laughs> I think I learned nothing today. I mean, I learned, here's the thing. I learned like, um, okay, I have like a funny short answer. Sure, we'll take it. I le- I learned today that this new movie with Aubrey Plaza came out, which I heard about, Emily the Criminal, and I learned that that was not the same show as Emily in Paris. <laughs> because my friend was trying to suge- trying to recommend me the show, and she's like, you should really watch Emily the Criminal. And I was thinking she said Emily in Paris. It's the which- sequel. <laughs> I, yeah, I was, I, I literally, but I've heard like, I've not wanted to watch Emily in Paris. I'm so sorry, but it's just, it's been shoved down my throat mm-hmm. and everyone is like, Emily in Paris. I'm, it seems horrible. No offense if either of you <laughs> like it. So when she suggested that I literally, I watch Emily the criminal, I was like, why? <laughs> and then she was like, she started telling me about it and I was like, this is not what I'm thinking it is. I thought it was Emily in Paris. So that's when I learned that that's actually a completely different Movie starring Aubrey Plaza that I'll probably watch tonight. <laughs> to be fair, I I had a feeling that it's not related, but you know, thank you for confirming that they were. You're uh, welcome. They were different, <laughs> so I also learned that today. <laughs> Wait, isn't confirmed. Emily from Emily in Paris a criminal though? Is she a criminal? I've I don't I've know. never seen it. I actually don't I know think what she's it's about. a she's a fashion criminal. <laughs> <laughs> There we go. Okay, so that it is related, maybe. <laughs> there we go. We can now move on to the shining the light on our former reality TV contestant, Gabby. But also, I feel like I'll be ignoring Jimmy a lot this episode. So, Jimmy, I want to make sure that you know that I still care about you. So I thought it would be kind of fun to have you explain the premise of Survivor. <laughs> oh, no. and, what? 
and mind you, Jimmy has only seen literally one season of Survivor, which is, you know, season 37, which is what Gabby was a part of. But Jimmy, would you like to try your best in describing um, Survivor as a show? Yeah, I mean, it's not too hard because we used to watch Big Brother and it's kind of the same, but not. Mm-hmm. So basically, so my understanding of the game <laughs> is that these people are sent to a remote island and they have to survive on the island. <laughs> oh, that's why they call it Survivor? That's so good. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I honestly didn't know that you actually had to survive by, I don't know, like foraging for stuff or like just eat plain rice or something like that. I thought that was just like a gimmick of the show. Mm-hmm. It was not actually until when we went to Toronto and Gabby was telling us about the starvingness of everything (laughs) (laughs) that I was like, Oh, Oh shit. That's a real thing. I thought you guys were all just dressed up like that. And it's just like an element of the show. So that's a fun fact. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you like have to do competitions and stuff. And then every week or like a few episodes, there's a tribal council that where you vote people off and some people you vote off ends up deciding who wins. So there's a social aspect to it. That's as much as I know about the show. So good. <laughs> That's not bad, actually. That was pretty great. <laughs> good. Thank you, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> now, Gabby, I know that you've been on a few podcasts already. So this definitely isn't your first rodeo. But if I'm not mistaken, a few of those podcasts had been very survivor-centric, like basically catered to diehard survivor aficionados so to speak is that fairly accurate oh yeah some of them get really deep into survivor strategy and then some are just more about like fun reality tv stuff but yeah yeah i think ours will be a little bit more of the latter um and i'll be the first to yeah and i'll be the first to admit that i'm more of an og longtime fan but not necessarily like a diehard fan and as i mentioned earlier jimmy's only seen one season himself. So in order to keep it a little bit fresher for you, Gabby, and also making it relatable to all the listeners out there who have never seen or heard of Survivor, uh, we decided to call this episode, or at least I decided to call this episode, a first date with a Survivor reality TV contestant. So, <laughs> oh my God, I'm on. So the I- <laughs> consent- I didn't consent to date this many. People. It's a blind date, okay. <laughs> oh my so, God, okay. So the you idea still have here to consent to blind dates. Yeah. Okay, I'm consenting now. I'm consenting now. Okay, I there we go. Not Thank you, Gabby. So the <laughs> yes. So the idea is other than for clickbait title reasons is that we're going to be asking you questions that you might find yourself getting asked during say a first date like for example like if one of your dates had found out that you were on survivor uh, you know (laughs) even even if they've never seen the show before you know we wanted to kind of ask you questions that are maybe kind of similar to what somebody may ask you during that time and i'm sure that's kind of happened to you before is that right yeah, exactly. That has happened. And I kind of have my like canned responses because I've, I've asked <laughs> the same question so many times. Sorry to anyone that I've gone out with. But yeah, <laughs> so I think it's a great Excellent. idea. <laughs> and I also recall a funny story that you've actually put like a subtle clue in one of your dating app profile photos, which hinted your survivor appearance. <laughs> Is that oh, right? Yeah, yeah. Because everyone always asks me, like, do you have a picture from Survivor on your dating apps? And I'm like, no, because I don't know. First of all, it's like a while ago. I don't really look like those photos mm-hmm. anymore. And then I don't want it to be like necessarily like that's the only reason someone's messaging me. Not that it's literally like 
an actual celebrity, but as in if someone's a fan of the show or something, I don't want them to just message me because of that. Mm -hmm. So I just have normal pictures. But in one of my pictures, I'm hiking and I sometimes wear a buff, which is like that headband kind of thing that they wear on Survivor. I wear one of them from not even from my season, but from like a friend's season. From another one. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so you can like kind of see it in the picture so if someone were perceptive enough they'd be able to see and maybe they'd be like oh are you a survivor fan and then i'd be like yeah you know i am a survivor fan but i didn't really want a photo of me like competing or all starving and dirty on my app (laughs) yeah but also didn't you also have a photo on your phone pop um what do you call those things i do (laughs) yeah i have a little easter egg this was a gift to myself so basically it's a pop socket it's on the back of my phone you know it's like one of those handles that pops out so you can hold Mm -hmm. it and it is a picture of myself crying on survivor (laughs) (laughs) and i i have to admit i did ask for that myself because i thought it would be funny um and it is it's a great conversation starter except I, I like ironically I'm always like well I don't want to tell people that it's from Survivor but then usually I say like oh it's me crying and then they'll be like yeah but why <laughs> and then um, depending on my mood I'll tell them or I won't tell them <laughs> yeah and as, and we saw this in person as well and we thought yeah. it was really great <laughs> and really it makes funny me laugh more than anything so that really matters <laughs> and you still have it until now right yeah I do it's all scratched up it humbles me you know it's like I think if I ever feel too big for my britches I can just look at myself crying <laughs> that's awesome and yeah so for me and Jimmy I've, actually I'm not even sure if Jimmy prepared any questions because knowing Jimmy he's probably just like eh whatever I'll just you know gung ho whatever <laughs> but I could start the first question um, so Gabby how deep does your connection with Survivor go and you know, at what point did you decide that you finally wanted to audition for it officially? Yeah. So I was a fan growing up. I remember being a kid and watching it from the very beginning. So season one, that was in 2001 or was it 2000? I don't even know my survivor facts. But anyway, I was like very young. <laughs> I was like seven years old and watched it all growing up. And then Around like my teen years, I kind of stopped watching it. I don't remember if it's just because like we weren't watching it as a family anymore. Like it wasn't on cable. Like we didn't have that chance, whatever it was, because we were Mm -hmm. also living abroad. We were in Singapore and then we were in the Philippines. So it wasn't like, you know, the same time as it was airing in the US. And I stopped watching it for whatever reason. And then after college, I started rewatching it because I had just moved like for my first job out of college I moved to Colorado and I like didn't have anything to do and I was just watching TV I think my mom even told me a couple seasons before she was like oh you know they're in the Philippines for this season of Survivor Mm -hmm. and I was like oh you're you watch Survivor again like I forgot about that show and that's not when I started watching but that kind of like reminded it I remembered that and I started watching and it was the season um Survivor Second Chances. And in that season, they bring back a lot of previous contestants. And when I saw that, I suddenly started remembering all these contestants from before. And then, of course, also Mm -hmm. seeing contestants I didn't know because I had missed their seasons. So then I got curious again. And then I went back and basically, like, watched all of the seasons again (laughs) and became fully obsessed with it again and remembered why I liked it so much as a kid. Because as a kid, I was pretty obsessed with it. I remember... Um, watching season seven, Pearl Islands, 
and there was an episode where like this big fan favorite character went home and I fell asleep before the ending of the episode. And when I woke up the next morning for school, the first thing I asked my mom was like, who got voted out of Survivor? <laughs> and then she told me who it was and I was so upset because I think back then, like we didn't even record it, you know, it was either you watched the episode or you didn't or you watch miss the it. episode. Good. Yeah. You missed it. And it was like when this fan favorite character got voted out and I was so sad. I was like 10 <laughs> years old. <laughs> awesome. And how was the, the audition process for you? Like, do you remember it kind of fondly? Oh, yeah, I do remember it fondly. So basically, I made a video. I made a video one year. I got like contacted. I got kind of into the process where, you know, I filled out a couple things and I talked to them on the phone a couple times. And then they were also kind of trying to tell me how to improve my video because they were like, we see the potential here. But mm. in order to like move it to the next step, you have to have like a good video that they can then pitch like their higher ups. So they kind of like coached me a little bit through that. And then I submitted another one and I don't think it was very good and I didn't hear back. But then the following year, I submitted another one and I didn't put very much thought into it. Well, in a way, it was like I had submitted two the year before. And since I had talked to them and kind of knew more like what they wanted out of me, I feel like my video just portrayed that a bit clearer. And then from there, it went like really quickly. I sent in my video and then the same person from the previous year contacted me and was like, oh, I remember you, your video is much better this year and kind of fast tracked me on the process because there was supposed to be a finals casting week that they do in person in LA like three days later. Like it was just a coincidence of when they looked at my video or when I submitted my video, I think they were about to do a finals week. So they were like, okay, can you come in like three days? And I figured it all out and I did. And so then you go to LA and it's sort of like a few days long of being sequestered in a hotel and going to different interviews. And then kind of each day you notice there's fewer and fewer people. And it's mm -hmm. weird because you don't actually know exactly who's there for casting but you kind of get a sense because there's people at the hotel that are also sitting alone like you and like oh i see <laughs> not because it's like we're not allowed to talk to anyone and you're just sitting there and like you don't even have a cell phone you have like a little notebook and so you could kind of figure out who else at the hotel was there also for mm -hmm. casting and over the days you would realize that they were there were fewer and fewer because different days there'd be different interviews that they'd record and they kind of want to see how you like answer questions in like a confessional and then by the end of it you meet Jeff Probst the host you meet the producers and then you go on to the CBS lot in LA and meet Mark Burnett the creator but it's like this crazy crazy week that felt very surreal but it was probably like one of the most fun wild things I've ever done and honestly I think even if it had ended there and I had gotten just to like meet Jeff Probst or whatever I would have been really satisfied. Awesome and how did you feel when they did tell you the good news? I was ecstatic and also kind of in denial like it all seemed to happen so fast I think I finally knew a couple months later but in the months leading up to it, you start to get a clue for it because they start asking you for more and more things like go do this mm. doctor's appointment and all these things. So you start to get a feel like, OK, why are they having me do all these things? Um, Wait, they make I, you do all these things before you're even casted? Yeah, there's some. There's, 
this is the thing. People are like really willing to go on reality TV. <laughs> but I mean, it's not anything wild. But yeah, I don't know how many people they ask to do, you know, like this particular doctor's test that takes, you know, you have to set up a special appointment to get like your echocardiogram or whatever, that kind of thing. I think they're probably doing it with people they think they're going to bring. But for whatever mm. reason, it's like more strategic for them not to tell you that you're on until like almost like a month or so beforehand that they finally officially say it right and but it you, was super exciting you I have to just pay mostly... for that yourself well no actually oh. it was covered by insurance and if things weren't covered by insurance then they would pay for it for you oh yeah i mean it's possible that some of those tests that they get back like might be a deciding factor of what whether it's safe yes. to bring you on Yes, it, you're right. So that's why they wouldn't, that's why they have to do those tests. And that's why they wait to tell you if you're actually on because mm -hmm. I'm sure behind the scenes, there's a whole balancing act of like, well, this person's on or we don't know about this person and we need this many women and we need this many young people and older people, mm -hmm. whatever it is. Awesome. And Jimmy, now this is more of a question for you. How was Gabby in high school? Like, were you surprised at all to find out that, <laughs> <laughs> that she ended up being on something like Survivor? Um, yeah, I mean, I was surprised because I guess the backstory is we were supposed to go to Coachella that year when she was starving herself on an island <laughs> and we had planned this trip. It was trip. the Beyonce year too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we had planned this trip over a year beforehand. And then all of a sudden, Gabby's like, I can't go. And I was like, why? And then she, I don't remember what you said, but it was just, it was like dumb. And I was like, I don't understand why you would just not. <laughs> Something cryptic. Yeah. Um, and then it was not until like way after that I found out you were going to survive. It was like, oh, okay. I mean, I guess that's a relatively good reason, I guess. <laughs> relatively. <laughs> Given that the show is all about starving yourself and endurance and stuff, I'm surprised. I mean, that's good to <laughs> actually do the medical stuff because Gabby's like very skinny. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, which you would be totally valid to say, I'm I'm not very athletic. <laughs> I'm he, not very he was athletic. thinking about saying it. He's like, no, 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 no. Also, I was skinny then, but not, not anymore. But in high school, oh yeah, 18 years old for sure. I mean, I can kind of fill it, not to answer for myself, but Jimmy and I also like knew each other big time from like theater. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we interesting. We were theater kids. I don't know if that's surprising to anyone. But yeah, I think probably for my friends, they were surprised that I wanted to do something kind of like strenuous because I wasn't like, I didn't do any sports or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But I always liked hiking and things like that, too. But I don't know. I mean, high school me was very different. I'm, I'm think maybe I'm answering because I'm nervous for Jimmy to answer. Well, I mean, I also didn't even know you watched Survivor. So when you got on, I was yeah. like, oh, is it just like a random thing that you end up like getting? Yeah, I don't think many people knew that I was as big of a fan as I was. And I wasn't in high school because I had stopped watching it. Right. And then afterwards, it was kind of like I just fell into my own obsession. <laughs> and like, <laughs> I don't think people really knew. <laughs> How was uh, Gabby's social game back in high school, Jimmy? Was she a schemer? <laughs> was she plotting well, all that stuff? Well, if she did, she did it really well because I didn't know about it. <laughs> Perfect. No, but Fair yeah. enough. Socially, I feel like everybody liked Gabby. I can't think of anyone that didn't. So Name the people that didn't. Name them. <laughs> <laughs> Name it's, them been, it's been 13 years. <laughs> uh, 
yeah, obviously everyone liked me. There would be no reason for no one to know. Like, hey, but I do remember in high school, there were a lot of people that were like trying to get on American Idol and things like that. Like there were people that were interviewing mm. for these reality shows. Um, really? And yeah. Oh. Also another Gabby, I forgot her last name, but she was trying to do American Idol. For me, it was like I wanted to play the game and not, I didn't even really think about the reality TV aspect of it. Which I feel like I like maybe that, you know, subconsciously like they could sense that, you know, not that mm -hmm. it's bad if you want to be on reality TV, but like that they were just like, oh, this girl's a freaking nerd. She just like, <laughs> wants to do this game. Like, mm -hmm. OK, <laughs> I do like the fact that they are actually bringing people that want to play the game on as opposed to I feel like a lot of Netflix shows now are just like, do you already have a large following on social media? Like that's right. a criteria that they look at. So then it's just like normal people don't really even get a chance. Yeah, it's very rare for a Survivor contestant, I believe. Like if you haven't really been like a fan of it, like usually that's one of the prerequisites. I mean, they have, you know, brought people on who've never really known about Survivor too much. But usually if you're just a regular Joe, that's one thing that's going to be helping your chances of getting in, I think. Um, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, if that's the case. Gabby. Yeah, they used to they used to cast a lot more like recruits, people will call them, where it's just like somebody saw them, liked their look, brought them on the show, even though they don't know Survivor. And nowadays, I think they're picking more fans because so many more different kinds of people are fans. So you can actually get like still really diverse casting and stuff. But like it's like so many people that you wouldn't expect are Survivor fans are Survivor fans. So then mm -hmm. it makes for better gameplay and things, I think, if people understand how the game works. So, yeah, you're definitely right. They they seem to prefer that now. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of elements in the game. I mean, to all the listeners who have never seen Survivor, there's a lot of strategy involved when it comes to like the social game elements. So that, that makes total sense. So, Jimmy, did you have any questions for Gabby since I'll have like a ton more after this? <laughs> I have one question and a one question. Sneak it, sneak okay. it in now, because you are right. Um, yeah, it's actually more related to you know how like in all of basically reality TV they have these like monologues. I don't know if you even call them monologues, where like you're talking to the camera and you're yeah, like describing how you're feeling. Sorry, what do you call them? Are talking heads? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I've always wondered like how do they do that? Because let's say there's a fight or something that's very emotional happening. How do they then just get someone to be like, now talk about it? Like, do they do that after? And then they have to watch right. themselves do it? Or how does that work? Yeah, so for Survivor, we would film confessionals, like usually once a day, maybe you would do twice, probably like if something happened, but it's always like after the event. So they would never like interrupt you in the middle of an event. So then... The way it worked on Survivor, and I know it's different for different shows, is the producers will like ask a question about something that happened, and then you have to respond in a full sentence. And usually they prefer it if you like talked in present tense, so you'd kind of be like, oh, well, when I walk up to the water well, I see so-and-so, and I didn't expect to see them there. So that's also part of like the audition process, mm. is they want to see how you tell a story. Like, we all know, we have friends that are, like, really good storytellers. The whole time they're talking, you're really captivated by them. You're following it. You're, like, imagining it. And then there's people who suck at telling stories. <laughs> and so for Survivor, since the show's story is basically told out through those confessionals, that's probably one of the main things that, like, they look for in the casting process. Right. 
So for us, it would be like at maybe at the end of the day, you would get asked about a bunch of different things. So you could kind of share your thoughts on all the different things that happened, or they'd ask you a specific question, like, how do you feel about so-and-so? And then you have to respond, like, I think so-and-so is blah, blah, blah. But I know this is just from me being a reality TV super fan. <laughs> on some shows, they actually will like watch their clips back and comment on it. Like I think on Drag Race, they do that. Mm -hmm. But for Survivor, since we're out on the island, we never see a second of the footage at all. Mm -hmm. And the crew was pretty good about just like letting things go as they are. Like it didn't really feel like there was any producer interference in that kind of thing. Like the only time that they said anything to you was when you were in private in your confessionals. You get, I know this, this is one that like first dates ask a lot. So I'll just answer <laughs> it up front is like, you get kind of used to the cameras fast too. Mm -hmm. um, it's not like there's a ton following you around, but when you're at camp, there's like a camera pointed on a conversation with a boom mic and another third guy that, is there also and um oh right it's like people it's it's people. not like it's not like when yeah. you're in a house it's just they're following you around yeah okay they're following you around. right because if you've watched big brother where they're stuck in a house they have like webcams on the wall yeah or you know like security camera type of thing mm -hmm. yeah for this it's actually like a crew that follows you around and it's really really weird at first like the first <laughs> first you know day or two or three and then after that, they're kind of just like part of the environment, like, right. or you kind of, you get to know them more. So you can, you mm -hmm. kind of like, you know, smile and nod at them, but then they don't like you to interact with them. So. <laughs> <laughs> Do they get mad at you? It's like, no, don't talk to us. <laughs> they're very friendly and very like jokey, but it was always like everyone who's been on Survivor says like the best feeling is if you make a camera guy laugh. Cause like they're pretty good about hiding that kind of thing. But every once in a while, like they would, you know interact with you or like laugh about something that was happening and you'd be like aha yes i broke <laughs> <laughs> that would be me if i was ever on survivor that would be like my number one goal a stupid one time that that happened to me was it was like late in the game like i think i was just really tired and kind of like out of it and the one camera guy had like really cool shorts they were like trippy shorts and i was just commenting on his shorts and then they were like laughing or making fun of me being like she's calling your shorts trippy dude like those are ugly <laughs> shorts because they were like super colorful and trippy and i was like oh i don't think i'm supposed to be talking to them this much but <laughs> has anyone uh gymmed the camera before like you know doing the the office oh like my looking gosh into the camera. yeah me and my friend from my season would do that all the time he did it way more than me christian um mm -hmm. <laughs> would do that all the time just as a bit and they would like they would roll their eyes because obviously you're not supposed to like look into the camera they'd be like yeah you know. yeah they're filming you so much that there's so much footage you know they're not going to use mm -hmm. you know so it's like you would never do that to actually like mess something up because like right also, you just get so into the game that you're not really paying attention to that when it's in the game. But during mm -hmm. the downtime, it's kind of like, we all know none of this is going to be used. <laughs> I just Makes find sense. it hilarious <laughs> if like someone's arguing and you're just looking into the camera so you can do an office <laughs> moment. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right? Yeah, somebody should do that intentionally. I don't think I've, I've seen it make a cut in any of the Survivor episodes. I don't think. I think you would ruin it. <laughs>
Yeah. There have been but... a couple. There's one that I can think of that happened. I, I have too much of an encyclopedic knowledge on season 34, <laughs> which is not a good season. Um, game changers. But there is one moment where Sandra Diaz Twine looks directly into the camera and does like a face. And it's a very good like meme. And it made the cut on TV. It made the cut. It was it was rare. It was that good. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go check that out afterwards. <laughs> yeah, I'll send you the meme. <laughs> awesome. Thank you. So going back to the show, contestants obviously have to build their shelter practically from scratch, right? Um, mm-hmm. How hard was it for you to fall asleep, especially in the terrible weather conditions? Like how comfortable was the sleeping area and how bad were the bugs that were, I guess, like eating you alive every night, I assume? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I found sleeping really hard. So at first it was basically impossible because it actually rained for like 12 days straight and like seriously, like really rained. Um, And that I learned is like the worst. Like you actually cannot sleep when you're getting rained on. Like, you know, I mean, it's just imagine like when you go outside, you know, you're even like running to your car for a few seconds and you're getting rained on. It's so uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So that was just impossible. And finally we did end up being able to just get like half an hour at a time of sleep. Cause you would just be so tired that you'd fall asleep. Right. Um, but it was so uncomfortable uh, the weather was really difficult and bugs surprisingly, like I, they didn't bother me as much as I thought they would mosquitoes and things like that did. But I was so scared that I would wake up to like a cockroach like running over my face or something and I Mm -hmm. think we got really desensitized because I actually remember on the very first night when I'm like not used to anything it was downpouring we didn't finish our shelter so we're literally standing in the rain and something ran over my foot and like (laughs) that we're only probably like you know 15 hours into the game at that point it's like the first night and Mm -hmm. I literally remember my brain just going like no, you, you're just gonna ignore that. You're not gonna. <laughs> you're not gonna think about what that was, because I do think like I want to say it was like a rat or something, because it felt like heavy enough, and like it just. I truly don't know what it was, but that was the first time when I was like, "Oh crap, this is really real." But honestly, I feel like it just made it kind of fun and thrilling that it was real, because I think a small part of me was really worried as a fan that I would go there and then they would be like, "Just kidding, you get to." stay you know in a hotel or whatever i mean i didn't really Here's think they would do that <laughs> yeah, yeah but that's i was a, like extremely happy <laughs> that's real growth because there was a trip that gabby and i went on in high school where we were <laughs> screaming at cockroaches the entire night and that yes. they were <laughs> so if you were able to hold that in yeah we had a like a field trip and then there was a cockroach everyone was trying to corner it and get it and then all of a sudden it starts flying and this is in high school and we're like oh my god it flies too and it added like a whole nother dimension yeah i that is growth from then because after that we saw like huge spiders i actually did wake up in the middle of the night once my friend woke up and she flung it off of her but like I, I saw her flinging it off her. She was like, there was a spider on my face. And as like she's waking up and flailing, then I'm like also flailing. And then I realized like there's a beetle on me and then I'm flinging it off. And like that was that was late 
into the game where I started realizing like, wait, if this is the first time I've noticed a beetle walking on me, like I bet they've been walking on me this whole time. <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a nightmare for Jimmy. I mean, yeah. it already took us a long time to convince Jimmy to go camping, like like comfortable camping yeah. for the first yeah. time. No, I can't even imagine it. I didn't even think of that. Like, But you like camping now, right, Jimmy? Yeah, but like with a tent... <laughs> and usually when we camp, With actual we make, shelter. yeah, we make like better food than I do at home. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You were cooking some gourmet shit last time we went camping. <laughs> uh, and speaking of food, in the in the game Survivor, or in the show Survivor, there would be reward challenges, and the rewards could be like food or shelter items and stuff like that. But there's also like immunity challenges as well. So this means that if you or your team wins immunity, you'll be safe from being voted out from the show for that night. So the sets on these challenges, they seem to be like super complex and extravagant. Like how tough were some of these challenges? Because, you know, obviously there's a huge difference between watching it on TV and like physically taking part in it, right? Yeah, the challenges were hard. Not only just were they kind of physically demanding anyway, you know, there'd be, they'd be different tests, like there'd be an obstacle course, or it'd have to be, you know, balance on this while holding on to this thing that you can't let go, or, or you know, there's all kinds of different skills that would get tested. Mm -hmm. But then when you add to it the starvation and the fatigue and the not having slept and eaten, and that made it like 10 times harder. So it was just, but, but what I was surprised by was how much my adrenaline carried me. Like mm -hmm. I was actually really worried as i mentioned earlier that i wouldn't have considered myself like the most athletic person but at that time in my life i actually was relatively in shape because i was living in colorado and i was going hiking and going camping and things like that so i was kind of like i had decent endurance but i was still worried that like i was small like i'm kind of short i was like 24 years old i was like a small little thing and I was worried that I would just be like one of the weakest ones. And I would I was really worried that I would like bring my tribe down too if I was one of the weaker mm -hmm. ones in the challenges. But adrenaline like somehow like fueled me and it would be, <laughs> you know, he'd say go or whatever. And it was like I blacked out and I would just like put whatever 100% of effort into that thing or I could suddenly I could jump off of things that were higher than I would feel comfortable jumping off of at any other time in my life. Mm -hmm. And like I think for that reason, the challenges are so fun and something that are that like you can't replicate in real life because you don't have this giant production team creating these giant obstacle courses or ladders yeah. 20 feet in the air. What, what and there's a lot on the line too, right? And the, yeah, and the stakes were so high that it felt like I, I don't know that I'll ever experience that kind of pure like adrenaline and competitive spirit and also like risk taking like I felt like I could just do more than I could normally do mm -hmm. because it also just felt I was kind of grateful for the experience like I was like, this is fun. Like this is exciting. They created this giant playground basically for us to compete in and yes, it's for the prize of a million dollars but also like how lucky am i that i'm just able to participate in this and just try these fun and scary things for sure and yeah i mean that's something that's must have been an experience of a lifetime and obviously i'm very jealous that you were able to do that um but you also mentioned just how hungry you were you know from like the starvation and stuff like that uh in, in the show they always show contestants just eating like 
whatever they have available, or whether it's like rice, fish, or fruits. Not counting like the rewards that you mm-hmm. that you get from from challenges, but how meager was the actual food situation? Like how how little do you actually consume on a daily basis? Very little, and I know they've made it even less in recent seasons. But mm, in the they time did, when yeah. I played, it was still very little. Like we would probably cook. Uh, or I would probably eat one handful. I'm like putting out a palm in front of me, even though this is an audio <laughs> recording. Like when you kind of curve your palm and just an amount of rice that could fit into that. Not like a heaping handful, like a small right, handful. Right. <laughs> and we would eat that once a day. Or sometimes, I remember when it was getting dire, we would do that once every other day. Wow. And on the off days, or like when you were trying to save rice, you would eat coconut, which you had to chop and eat. And then you could go fishing. However, for us, since it was raining for so long, we really couldn't fish. Mm. The most desperate thing that we ate was, this is so sad, but hermit crabs, which are like tiny if you think about it. Like they're like bottom feeders and we were (laughs) eating them. Like it's just like disgusting. So they didn't taste great. If I feel like for me, it's more of the fact that you have to like kill a living thing and eat it than it is that they're gross. It was that too. And I know that part's hard for some people. Like Mm -hmm. we eventually did catch fish. I didn't really, or somebody actually on my tribe caught an octopus and we ate that shit raw. Like we, you know, like, okay, sashimi. Um, Like and I'm assuming you don't have like salt and pepper or anything like no, that. No, we oh, did salt we water. Had to earn that later. <laughs> yeah, there was salt water. So we cleaned it, we ate it. But yeah, it it is a weird reckoning. And there there's been other seasons where they've gotten like a chicken as a reward and mm-hmm. people feel different ways about it. Some people like they don't want to kill it because they feel bad. And some people are like, We're starving, we want to kill it. But it definitely makes you kind of feel more in tune with your food. Right. When you realize like I mean, I felt really horrible killing those poor little hermit, hermit, hermit frogs, hermit frogs. crabs. <laughs> I was Whoa. thinking Kermit, Kermit the frog. The frog. <laughs> I was literally about to say yeah, Kermit, French cuisine there now. All right, the Kermit frogs. The hermit. <laughs> crabs. <laughs> we did not kill or eat Kermit the frog. <laughs> That's I in promise. a later season. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Well, Sorry, thank you for sharing. <laughs> okay, now I get to ask a question that Abby actually wanted me to ask you. So I had her um, send me a few of her own. So shouts to Abby, listening right now probably. Um, so, Abby. Yes, and Abby wanted me to ask what time the recordings would usually take place in terms of the cameras like rolling, for example. Is there, is there like a schedule? Oh, yeah. I mean, for the cameras around camp, it was pretty much like 24-7, except during nighttime, like they, you know, they might just like set it on a tripod and and leave. But then for the actual confessionals, it could be at any time, like they would, they would kind of just do them all day and they would call each person when it was time for theirs. And sometimes they would even do it at night, like if it was after somebody got voted out and they wanted an immediate reaction, then they might film at night. Gotcha. And another question that Abby had as well is, how contestants were able to deal with like medication, for example, or say, for example, mm-hmm. a contestant had to deal with their periods while being stranded on the island for the show. How strict or lenient were the medical teams when it came to providing these things? Yeah, no, the medical team was really good. So you could have access to any medications that you needed as well as 
contacts and contact solution and glasses, Mm -hmm. but there was no mirror. And the medication had to be, of course, like approved beforehand. Right. And then you could also use menstrual products. And there was hand sanitizer and sunscreen available. So they did a good job of making sure, you know, it's like they don't want you to go out of the game for some stupid reason, like getting sunburned or getting sick, getting sick. It doesn't make for good TV. So they do try to take care of you in that way. And like, if after a challenge you felt injured or something, you you always saw the doctor after a challenge. So that's when you could say, you know, like, oh, you got to cut there. And then they could either clean it or in past seasons, you know, they have given serious medical care to people. Like they could bandage you up. But if it's ever something that needs to be extremely serious then they would actually remove you from the game and send you to a hospital so it was really good knowing that there was a team of doctors there and i do recall a medical evacuation happening in your season yeah in my season there was a medical evacuation and it was it was very scary because you you realize you know that actually like as much as it's a tv show and you're like well of course we're going to be safe it's on a tv show it's still like life and accidents can still happen so it was still um, scary to see somebody be medically evacuated from the game. Exactly. I was just going to say, I totally forgot about sunscreen. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that they gave that to you. Yeah. Just completely plain, unscented sunscreen. And yeah, thank goodness for that. Cause otherwise I definitely would have burned. I didn't quite inherit the Filipino like tanning gene. <laughs> Fair enough. Now it's good that they, they provided that. So good to know. And I guess the next question here would be in terms of when the cameras weren't rolling or anything like that, like how did you keep yourself busy? Because I know that um, you mentioned to us a while back when we had like dinner in Toronto before that, you know, there's actually a lot of downtime. It's actually quite boring (laughs) and banal. Mm -hmm. So like, how was that? Yeah, there's so much downtime. And some of it is spent doing strategy for the game. So talking to people about social strategy and then a lot of it's just like talking about our lives and getting to know each other and we would talk mm-hmm. about television and movies our our families i remember we played 20 questions mm-hmm. and things like that but i know in some seasons people have even made chess boards or checker boards i tried to make mancala at one point but then i kind of forgot how many like holes and what it looked like and how to play it so i stopped <laughs> And now you mentioned that um, you were kind of strategizing in, in some of those downtimes as well. Uh, were contestants encouraged to do actual strategizing on camera? Or like, would they have you like repeat some past conversations if it's juicy? Well, pretty much at the beginning of the game, before we even start, they say like strategize in front of the cameras. Like, mm. um, so the camera guys are just really experienced, I think, at being able to tell when conversations are happening. And there's a few kind of sets of them going around capturing different conversations because people could be at different areas in the camp. So usually it becomes symbiotic with them in a way where they can see in your eyes if you're like having a strategy conversation and <laughs> right. you, you would just like so they would never say like and now it's time to strategize or like okay can you you would kind of just know like well if i'm going to strategize then there's got to be a camera around but they would almost always be around and you weren't allowed to whisper or things like that because then then they'd probably like bonk you on the head with the <laughs> mic and go like hey speak up because they just really don't have a show if you aren't saying your strategy out loud mm. Mm. That makes sense. What about like 
is it the totems that you go and find if you want to sneakily go find totems like how does that work or the idols yeah yeah so there's hidden immunity idols in the game which it looks different every season but usually it'll be like a small like necklace or a shell or yeah some kind of like a face like jimmy's saying and they're hidden in the forest and i don't know because i never found one but yeah people (laughs) did look for them like i looked for them and that was always a weird little game with the camera people too because they are filming you looking they're filming everyone looking and people are always like well can you just look where they're filming because then they're probably giving away where the answer is but like Mm -hmm. there's so many of them and they're so skilled at kind of like they're filming different people you wouldn't really know especially as a first time player i don't think you wouldn't know how to like read you know like what they were doing you're kind of just right right where it's like i'm not skilled at the camera so i don't even really understand what they're doing but yeah there were like a few times that i can remember where like i would be by myself without a camera and then like suddenly a camera person would would be like running towards me or whatever and i remember thinking like oh am i should i like look around here or something like, are they so concerned with me right am i onto something <laughs> yeah am i onto something but then that's also tricky because you just really there's so much to think about in the game that you just really don't want to add another variable of like mm. being paranoid of the camera mm. people if that makes sense because you just have to kind of focus on the game if you start trying to be really meta about it with like what's the camera person doing or like what order did they get called to talk in the confessional like we just don't know how the sausage gets made so i I (laughs) feel like it's a waste of energy to try to like meta game it like that but i can't say it didn't cross my mind because of course i'm such a big like reality tv fan and i Mm -hmm. i just was like read i was reading into like a lot of things before finally my brain was like you actually just don't have the the brain capacity to think about all these (laughs) things right now you have to let this go yeah, there's too many of those elements. I think you'll drive yourself crazy if you're just trying to like look into every single thing. Yeah. Um, but I guess that's also what makes the game and the show really interesting because there are other elements in there that you know you could capitalize or hinder yourself with, right? So that's yeah. super interesting. Um, so I guess I'll focus more on questions that are focused on after the show had ended for you. Um, what kind of a toll did the show take on you physically? Like, you know, every single time that, you know, somebody finishes the game of Survivor, they do, they get a medical checkup. Do you recall how many pounds you lost? And did you get any, like, waterborne parasites or anything like that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I remember I lost um, 13 pounds, and that was 10% of my body weight. So after I finished, wow. so I started at 129, and then I finished at 116. And for reference, now I'm like way above even 130. Like I was such a small, like I was like literally 25 years old. Like I was, Jimmy said, like Jimmy said, I was skinny. Um, so it's like I didn't even have that much to lose and I still lost 13 pounds where I feel like if I went on now, I would easily lose like 20 pounds, 25 pounds because it's just like it comes off of you pretty quickly. Right. Um, Because you're just like truly not eating and you're physically exhausted. Um, So, yeah, some of my castmates lost like 30 pounds. I think the most somebody lost was like 36 pounds, Mm -hmm. um, which is over a matter of like a few weeks for context. Right. So it's not it's not great. (laughs) Um, So for me, like the toll of that was kind of weird and flippy floppy because it was like you want to gain the weight back because it's not like healthy to be that skinny for me it wasn't 
and you're so hungry that now when you're back in reality, you're like, oh, now I can eat whatever I want. So you're eating so much, but then your metabolism is all messed up because oh, that's true, yeah. you were starving. So then your body like thinks you're starving. And I just remember like I had lost all my muscle mass because I was like into hiking and stuff like that beforehand. And I just felt like I was weaker afterwards and all of those things. So it took a it took a real toll and I didn't check for parasites, but I probably should have because I have heard of people <laughs> getting parasites. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't do that as a mandatory check for during the checkup. But uh, good to hear that you seem to be unfazed from that. Uh, did you have any like aversions to things after the show, like like rice, for example? <laughs> did you like okay wean as off a of Filipino? It? I could never have an aversion to rice. <laughs> okay, there you go. Good answer. Right when <laughs> right when we get voted off, you can still you can order things from like the hotel that we stay at. Right. And I was still ordering like rice, like as a normal dish, like rice with whatever, you know, curry or whatever. And I remember all like the other people who were like mostly white people, white Americans were like, oh my God, you still want rice? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> rice is like what I eat normally. So that part wasn't weird for me. But um, I just had the biggest sweet tooth. I had the biggest sweet tooth when I came back because I... You missed that lot, right? Yeah, I never really was a big sugar person, actually. That's why it was so weird is um, I I wasn't really craving sugar, but then just suddenly when I came back, I I just craved sugar. I guess you don't know what you got till it's gone, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Fair enough. And in the show, you caused some super interesting and entertaining drama, which I will not spoil. (laughs) Um, it's honestly some of my favorite moments in Survivor history, but how was the reception from social media? Like how nasty were some of the people there for those who weren't as big of a fan? Yeah. Um, not great for some time because (laughs) yeah, I was kind of like a polarizing figure on my season where think some people like got me and then yeah I was a bit of a I you know I did some things that people didn't like and I was always like fine at taking feedback that was like people upset about the game but it was just when people made it personal that it became really weird and it's just strange how people can feel like they really know you from a tv show and then Mm -hmm. um you know comment on your instagram and stuff and like kind of just forget you're like a normal person Mm -hmm. and like I said I think because I went on the show because of my love for the game and less so for the reality TV exposure. I don't think I was really mentally prepared for like what it would be, even though like I'm somebody that is on Twitter. Like I was somebody that listened to the podcast, like looked on Twitter, but I didn't realize just like how intense some people were. So that was just a little bit like draining. And I think I was a little bit young at the time too like being 25 years old i think that was a really impressionable age to go through that where now i mean i I was a pretty like strong like you know a self-assured person anyway i think i've always kind of been that way Mm -hmm. so it wasn't like the worst that it could be but i have worried about like people that are younger than me that have gone on where like they might not have that wherewithal or just like experience because if it was draining on me at 25 years old I can't imagine how it was for like you know a 21 year old or something yeah I feel like now how old I am I'm 29 now almost 30 and I feel like I first of all I feel like I'd be better at the game had I gone now and just been older and had more experience Mm -hmm. and also I just like I can't believe that younger me that 25 year old me read so much of that stuff just read like 
nasty stuff online. Like it's just like not a good thing I think for a young woman to take in. So I'm very happy that, you know, I have really good friends. I had really good friends from the show. Mm -hmm. Um, I also like had a blast. I'm not trying to make it sound like it was all bad. There were so many messages and support and everything that was so nice. I think it surprises everyone who plays just how intense some of the social media stuff can be. Cause like, no, you don't think it's that deep, but some people make it like really intense. Yeah. Do do you recall like, what was like some of the worst things you've read people would just like i think especially being a young woman like people would just comment on things that shouldn't be commented on like my Mm. um body or even just even just silly things like just saying that i was like a bitch or say like it was just right I, i honestly don't know if i remember because i think i like mentally blocked a lot of it out and i remember I think I have some screenshots saved just like randomly because I think there were times when I probably sent it to someone and was like, holy crap, like, look at this. (laughs) It's so intense. And I remember like (laughs) recently seeing a screenshot of like a nasty message and being like, holy crap, this was horrible. And I don't even remember what it was now, but it was like years later me being like, wait, what? I was like taking this in like for weeks. Like, why was I reading this? Like, I think I literally blacked it out. But then again, like I said, like 99% of it was really like nice amazing messages but it's just funny how humans like we always hone in on the negative but i think it also goes to show that like if you're somebody out there who leaves like mean comments or mean reviews or or whatever that like personally target people like Mm -hmm. i kind of think your life is a little bit sad and you should zoom out because like it's just a tv show Wise words from Gabby. Thank you very much for that. (laughs) I'll pivot to something a little bit more positive. Like, do you get recognized a lot nowadays? Like, I know that you were recognized a lot during your season in terms of when it was airing on TV. But nowadays, like, how often does that still happen? Not very often, which for me is a a positive thing because I feel like I was so awkward. I never knew what to do when somebody recognized me. Or it was just a lot easier when the show was coming out. Like, it was a lot more like oh yeah, we're going to talk about the show because they're like, oh, like when I was on it, you know, they're like, Mm -hmm. oh, it's so fun, blah, blah, blah. And then a while afterwards, it was okay too because they would be like, oh, what was your experience? And now like it was four years ago. So it happens a lot more rarely. And then if somebody does, it usually means like they're a pretty big fan. Right. Or they're not really a fan and they're like, why do I know you? And that happened to me recently where somebody was like, have we met before? And then we went through like this whole long list of like, they were like, are you this, are you th-? And I was like, no, no. And I like didn't even think to say Survivor until the per- somebody else that was like in the group conversation was like, um, weren't you on Survivor? And then the other person was like, that's what it was. And I was like, oh, that's what it is? Like, I thought they knew me from real life. So it's like, sometimes I don't even, I don't even think of it. No, that's still pretty cool if they do you know, recognize you in some capacity, even like after all these years. I know that there was a bit of a resurgence when they put your season on US Netflix. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. I wouldn't even say recognized in person, but definitely a lot more like social media messages came in. Right. Which was funny because then it's like it was filmed a long time ago and people, some people would like be upset. And I was like, babe, you're so that chill. That's like, four years ago. <laughs> Get with the times. <laughs> All right, and Jimmy, I want to pass it back to you because I think there's a list that Abby sent us right before we started recording. 
<laughs> so more questions from Abby. But Jimmy, you can take over for that one and ask some of those questions as well. Right. Okay. So let me see here. <laughs> of course, never ready. <laughs> um, He's, he brings a he brings a go with the flow energy. Yep. <laughs> he was asleep for half this episode. <laughs> you need yin and yang. No, I'm, I'm kind of going through these questions. I'm just like, okay, well, I don't know if you want to answer this, but one of the questions was, what was Jeff like? I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Jeff Probst, the host. Yeah. Jeff Jack, Probst, Jack. the host. Um, he is a very cool guy he is so he's like the host and he's an executive producer and he also is involved with casting and i think like a lot of survivor fans a lot of survivor super fans um the joke is kind of like jeff jeff is like a little egotistical in a way where like he he's like been running the show for some time and he kind of knows he has a vision and I think that can come across as like arrogant to some of the super fans when they maybe when they read his interviews or whatever. But having met him, it's clear that he's just like very, very passionate about his show. And like, mm-hmm. I think he is genuinely curious about people and interested in people. And those are the reasons why he likes doing the show. He likes learning about people's stories. He likes seeing those underdogs kind of claw their way up. And like, he seemed like a very kind hearted person in that regard where he seemed genuinely like he was rooting for everybody to kind of get out of the experience, what they wanted out of it. Um, Mm -hmm. So he was a very, very nice, very, very passionate and very friendly when we, we would like talk in between the challenges and stuff that weren't being filmed. He was always like very, friendly with the cast and would kind of like be encouraging and being funny and cracking jokes. And probably the most surprising thing that people don't expect is that he swears like a sailor, mm. <laughs> which obviously he doesn't do on the show cause it's a family show. So that was like probably the most jarring thing was just like the first time I heard him drop the F word. I was like, Oh my gosh, I've been watching. I can see that. I was seven years old. <laughs> I didn't think you use the F word. <laughs> It's a lot of um, self-awareness it takes to not swear in front of the camera, but do it in, like, off-camera. Yeah. There's <laughs> also the power of editing, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I guess there's another question. I'm going to rephrase this a bit. What would you say is, like, the biggest impact that Survivor has made to your life after? Oh, that's such a good question. The corny, like, immediate answer that comes to my mind, it's corny but true, is, like, is the friendships. Because I have met some of my closest friends from my season. And the thing that's special to me about that is they're people that I wouldn't have necessarily met. Like, they're from all different walks of life. Mm-hmm. Like, one of my closest friends is somebody that maybe I would have met. And, like, I wouldn't have, but he's the type of person I meet, which is my friend Christian. Because he's, like, he's also a researcher. He's, like, a nerdy mm-hmm. guy. Like, he's the type of person I'm friends with normally. And mm-hmm. I really, really treasure our friendship. But then also I have a very unexpected friendship with this woman on my season, Elizabeth, who was like this cowgirl from Texas who like I definitely would have never met. And she's literally one of my closest friends and we talk on the phone all the time. And so that honestly has like the most lasting impact because now I just have these friends that are are in Mm -hmm. all different places. And I know you guys can relate to that being international students and when we went to an international school it's like we're all from different places but Mm -hmm. 
um, you kind of like develop your family in that way. So I feel like yeah. for me, that was like really, really special and having all these different people spread out. And then it's expanded even beyond that, which is then I become friends with people, not a ton, but every once in a while I click with somebody that was on a different season. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not somebody that like, definitely when my season was airing, I did more so go to like the events and things like that because it's really fun when your season's airing. But I, mm -hmm. I, I don't go to like a ton of these alumni get togethers, but I've been lucky enough to have just met a couple Survivor alumni that like, are just really cool people or like live close to me. Like was telling you guys that made friends with some of the alumni that live near Toronto. Cause it's so close to me here in Buffalo. It's only two hours away. And they just happen to be some of the, like the nicest people that are now like my friends. So mm -hmm. it's just crazy to think if I hadn't gone on these reality TV show, I wouldn't have some of the actual, just like real life, normal human being friends right. that I have now. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. So that by far is the coolest thing. And then like the other corny answer is more like an internal one, which is just like, I just feel like it gave me such confidence and it was just such a special once in a lifetime opportunity that like, no matter how, if somebody sends, you know, a nasty social media message or whatever, which doesn't happen, but I could get a million nasty social media messages and it wouldn't take away from like the experience that I experienced. Like it's going to be, it's mm -hmm. my experience no matter what. Like I did that. I have all those fun memories. And so that is just like something I think is so cool and special. And I can't wait to like tell my future, you know, family about and, and like tell them about this cool adventure that I went on. Awesome. Nice. And you also mentioned as well, like you are kind of doing your PhD partly because of your survivor experience, right? Yeah, yeah, that's that's such a good reminder because I, I basically changed my career after Survivor. It was like I I was a technical writer beforehand, and I kind of knew it wasn't what I wanted to do forever. But I was like good at it; it pays well. It's you know it's like a comfortable good job. And then after Survivor, I think because of just the thrill and the adventure of it all, I very much was thinking like what actually makes me happy? What do I actually enjoy? What am I actually interested in? And I realized that I was really, really interested in people and social dynamics and relationships. And then I basically, during the pandemic, kind of self-studied and had mentors help me and things like that to apply for a PhD program in social psychology, which is what I'm studying now. So I feel like that had a huge part in it, yeah. Mm -hmm. Super cool. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for the good questions. Thanks, Abby. Uh, yeah, and I guess um, I'm curious about this one too. Um, between Paul and I, if we were both to do Survivor, <laughs> who would most likely win? Or do better. Do better would be more win likely. Or do better. Okay, I'm not going to give you an answer because my belief on Survivor, I'm going to give you an answer, but not the answer you want. Because the thing about Survivor is I feel like there's a lot of different skills. And I do feel like the game of Survivor is like somewhat random. Like there's some people that are skilled and will win more often than not. But there's also like the occasional weird season where it's like, oh, I didn't know that person would win. So I would say right. it's like either of you could do well on a given season, depending on who you're with and the role of the dice. But I'll tell you what I think each of you would be good at 
and maybe bad at if I'm feeling bad enough. Um, <laughs> yes. So the thing I think Paul would be good at, which I feel like is obvious, is Paul is a fan of Survivor. So you probably would know strategy and kind of like how to work with people, how to talk with people, how to make alliances and kind of like what, when would be too soon to make a move and mm -hmm. what kind of trouble to stay out of, kind of just like things that earlier we were talking about how recruits who've never seen the show before, they might struggle with that kind mm -hmm. of thing. So in this case, Jimmy is our recruit. He's <laughs> um, seen one season at least. <laughs> so, but before I get into the bad, let me say what I think Jimmy would do well at. <laughs> Jimmy's very social, sociable and like, you know, you're a recruiter, you have to talk to all different types of people and that's really important in like forming bonds with people because since I've known Jimmy, Jimmy can literally be friends with like people from any group. Like Jimmy was in theater and he also did like our television station and he also did sports and he like he was a part of a lot of different social groups and I feel like that's a really good skill to have on Survivor. Very true, yeah. Now, what do I think you guys would do poorly at? <laughs> Let me think. It's harder for me to say for Paul because I've only met Paul once, so I don't want to be That's too That's a good insulting. thing for me. That's a really Wait, good thing for on, me. Hold on, Paul. Hold on. I think you would not like starving. <laughs> because mm. what, what I saw is like we all we did when we were in Toronto is we ate so much, which was so great. Um, so I think you're quite the foodie, and I don't – would you be fine with the starvation? <laughs> Uh, I think so, but I, I think for a million dollars, I would, for sure. Okay, okay. <laughs> yes, you are allowed to debunk any of the things I say. Jim, you, <laughs> you can't really debunk this, because in your case, your weakness would be that you would have no idea what was going on. <laughs> and you wouldn't know how to, you'd probably make some really dumb mistake by like, just maybe you would make an alliance with too many people because you would get along with too many people and then you'd just be found out as like sneaky and right. like you wouldn't you wouldn't know how to keep anything hidden <laughs> and jimmy also likes to hold grudges i feel like oh yeah Ooh. i do that's that's gonna hurt you in this game i would I love that th i would love to see that in a contestant like i would love to see a bitter, bitter we've seen juror. it for sure yeah <laughs> jimmy is for sure the bitter juror He's going to vote for whoever he hates less. It <laughs> doesn't matter who deserved it. <laughs> yeah, that's so valid. <laughs> and those are pretty fair, I think. That assessment for both of us is quite accurate, I'd say. Um, especially <laughs> since you and I have only hung out. Well, we hung out for like a whole weekend in Toronto, but that's that's the extent of us hanging out, at least in person. Uh, I'll but find that's... your weaknesses soon enough. And <laughs> the next time we hang out. <laughs> oh, did you have to jump from anything tall? Oh, yeah. shit. Oh shit! I'm fucked. Is yeah. that your weakness, Paul? <laughs> yeah, height is is an issue. Usually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you would get over it, and then you'd have like a really moving. They'd be like, give you heroic music. They'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> you did mention about like the adrenaline, so I feel like that will uh, help exactly. me. Exactly. Maybe you could moment. get over your fear of heights. <laughs> uh, we'll find out when I join Survivor down the line. Uh, Jimmy, was that most of the questions from Abby? Yeah. Um, can you imagine who you would be now if you didn't have Survivor? Would you still be that technical writer? Oh, that's a really good question. Mm. I, um, I don't think so. I think I would have gotten there eventually, but, um, I, I think it was like a jump start. 
That, that like really made me think. That made me so sentimental. I was Damn. like, wait. <laughs> yeah, it's a good question. I, you know, I'd like to think I would still be on this path, but who knows? Yeah, hard to really say. And yeah, I guess I'll just move to the final question, which will sound pretty random, but I can assure the listeners that it's relevant to survivors somehow. Uh, but Gabby, if you were asked to do a cameo for White Lotus season three, would you be <laughs> would you be down to do it? Oh my god, definitely. <laughs> and, and now for context, Mike White, who is the creator, writer, and director of White Lotus, he had also been a contestant on the exact same season that Gabby had been on, which is mm-hmm. super duper duper cool. And on top of this, this might be a tidbit that I'm not even sure if Jimmy knows, but Gabby, I actually listened to one of your podcast episodes that you had joined called Drop Your Buffs. I think you recorded this like yeah. a few days after our Toronto trip together. Um, but I oh, learned in that, good. yeah, and I learned from that episode that you had actually hung out with like Jennifer Coolidge, who had been a Survivor fan, I think, as well. Is that right? That's true. Yeah. Well, she, and she's Mike's friend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Mike White, the actual celebrity of our season. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was like nice enough to invite us to parties and there were famous people and i was like what am i doing here so it was was very cool yeah they some of his friends are fans of survivor and then obviously they're they all watched his season our season so that was Mm -hmm. very like strange and surreal (laughs) yeah i can't recall all the celebrities you had name dropped in the episode but i remember was it jenna fisher from the office that you you mentioned and I d- yeah i met her and aubrey plaza is like oh you also met aubrey I'm plaza a, i'm a huge fan of hers so that was really fun oh that's super cool and did i remember it correctly that angelina jolie was there too she was she was <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, she's that's probably so the cool. most famous person i've seen <laughs> and she was also watching survivor she has been a fan of survivor for a while yeah with her and her kids too wow so how does that make you feel that knowing that Angelina Jolie was probably watching you like, for your entire kind of season in Survivor? She was watching me like crying and in my underwear. And I'm so sorry <laughs> to her and her children. <laughs> I'm sure they were all very entertained. <laughs> Which leaves us all to the very end. How are you feeling, Gabby? Are you relieved that your interrogation is over? Oh my gosh. Yeah, this was the worst first day ever. <laughs> interrogated the whole time. I, never, I never want a date to be referred to as an interrogation again. And you're paying, by the way. Oh my God. Uh, I didn't even get to order wine. <laughs> oh my God. All right. Well, this is why I'm single. <laughs> this is why I'm single. This is why I have to keep paying for my own dates where I get interrogated. <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, no, it was it was great. Thank you for the thoughtful questions. Our pleasure. And Jimmy, how about you? Do you have fun? I felt like this is more of a fan service episode for myself. <laughs> but how did you feel, Jimmy? Yeah, it was interesting. I was more intrigued by like small things like bugs crawling on your face and sunscreen, like more of the practical stuff. I don't right. care too much about the show, to be honest. You're such a producer. <laughs> You're like, you went into producer mode. You're like, how exactly does this work? Mm, fascinating. <laughs> uh, now, I do want to say, just to close off a little bit here, that for those listeners that are interested in watching Survivor, I'd say personally that 
Gabby's season is not a bad one to start with. Um, it happens to be me and my fiance's favorite season of all time. And this had been the case even before I met Gabby. So I'm not just like picking, you know, <laughs> favorites and stuff like that. Um, how would you describe your season, Gabby? Like what makes your season a little bit different than the rest? Yeah, it's all new players. So sometimes on Survivor, you get returning players and you don't know who they are. So it's good to start with an all new player season. There's enough twists and turns. The mechanics of the game are pretty simple. There's not like a really weird twist in a season that sometimes they have. Mm -hmm. um, so it is a pretty good introductory season. And I've heard from a lot of people that they got hooked on Survivor through that but if you don't want to start with that one start from the very beginning you'll get hooked i guarantee it mm -hmm. yeah i thought i was being like hipster by saying like oh this season's my favorite of all of all time and yeah i found out later on that like it, it sounds like it's a generally beloved season across the entire kind of survivor fan base how does that make you feel Oh, I feel super just like lucky and happy because we had so much fun doing it that it was fun to see it reflected on the TV show and then have it mm -hmm. be something that people enjoyed. And yeah, it's a good one, I will say, even myself removed. But yeah, not, not all seasons of Survivor are like really, really good. But, you know, I'd say this one's definitely one of them. So... For those listening, you could watch Survivor Season 37, which is also called the David vs. Goliath Season, where you could catch Gabby representing the David tribe. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, uh, the season also features notable contestants such as the White Lotus creator, Mike White, and also a former WWE professional wrestler who I actually used to watch as a kid. So I found out super cool too. Um, and other than that, it's an overall fantastic cast. Still has the best Tribal Council episode I've ever watched in all of Survivor. And Gabby yeah, probably <laughs> knows what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. um, and to kind of do like a little plug for your own show, you can stream Survivor on Paramount, Paramount Plus, I think, here in Canada. Or if you live in the United States, you can actually stream Season 37 on Netflix USA, at least as of right now. Is that is that right? Is it still there? I think so. Yeah, I think they were thinking of getting rid of it. So go if you haven't. And Go watch uh, right I think now. Hulu, Hulu might have them in Paramount Plus for sure, yeah. Yes. And that's it from me, Gabby and Jimmy. Any final words for us to close out on? Well, mm -hmm. thank you guys for having me. It was fun to chat and catch up. Um, and I don't have... I shouldn't have started talking because I didn't have anything <laughs> prepared. I'm on Twitter at Gabby Pascuzzi if you want to follow me. It's, and <laughs> thank you guys. It was fun. It's very fun as well. Actually, Jimmy, did you know that Gabby is considered the uh, the Survivor Twitter queen? Uh, no, <laughs> oh my gosh, who says that? On, on Reddit, they they post oh your, <laughs> they post really? your your like really really good tweets all the time. And they like, do. Like, they oh do. Oh my god! Why well, has nobody told me this before? My ego could have been so much bigger. <laughs> I've seen it at least once, and I think at least one person referred to you as the Survivor. Um, a Twitter queen wow. or something there's, like that. There's, there's several people who are good on Twitter, but I'm happy to be one of them. So thank you. <laughs> You're very welcome. Anything from you, Jim Bob? Nope, nothing here. Perfect. That's how I love to end it with you saying <laughs> nope. <laughs> uh, thanks so much, Gabby. That was super, super, super fun. And to all listening, thanks so much for listening. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Stay tuned for scenes about our next episode. Next time on Unvalidated, Paul and Jimmy run out of guests to interview. 
Instead, they talk to each other about superstition, astrology, and religion. All right, that bit was clearly a failed Jeff Probst impersonation and reference, so I can go back to the normal post-episode crap. However, all that crap was actually true, so do tune in again in two weeks to listen to all those things. Uh, This episode was edited by yours truly, and a very, very, very special thanks to the very lovely and charming Gabby Pascuzzi for gracing us with her presence. I was also going to start singing and chanting the Survivor theme song to end this episode out, but I do know that Jimmy is just going to edit our normal outro music made by the great Manila Killa. Jimmy and I hope that you enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoyed recording it, and we hope to see you all again in two weeks.